0: This episode is brought to you by the In Between Podcast, a podcast about marriage,
1: parenting, faith, and everything in between.
2: Join us as we give you the tools to learn how to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family.
1: For more information, go to inbetween.org. That's imbetween.org. This is Troy and Joel, and you are listening to Revive
0: Thoughts. Oh, that crown, that kingdom. We are traveling home to God. We shall soon see Jesus. Every episode, we bring you a different voice
2: from history and a sermon that they delivered. This sermon was preached by John Newton at Only Church in England in 1773.
1: Joel, Amazing Grace is quite possibly the most famous Christian song, at least in recent times that anyone can think of. The song has been on billboard charts, it's it's in books, it has a Broadway musical after it, and it, people automatically can just recognize the song, even if they don't know hardly anything about Christianity. I remember when I was living in China, uh, I was at the gym one day working out, they play, you know, pop music over the uh, speakers, and Amazing Grace just came on, which I thought was really funny, especially because China does not have the most cozy or friendly relationship with christianity but even there this really famous song is played on the radio just like another normal song it's just it's everyone has heard it
2: yeah and many people also are familiar with the story behind this song but what people may be less aware of and what we're going to look at today is that this song actually follows and is closely connected to a sermon all of which was coming from first chronicles 17 in the old testament John Newton was
1: born in 1725, and he would die in 1807. He was not born into the best of circumstances, and his mother would die at the age of seven. His dad would take him on a few sailing journeys, as he was a sailor himself, and uh, would pressure him to go to work at a sugarcane plantation in Jamaica. Uh, but instead, John Newton would decide to join a merchant vessel and
2: head off to sea himself. Yeah, John Newton's journey is actually a little bit more complex than most people know about as well It usually goes that he worked as a slave trader until he had this conversion moment, which is true uh, But getting to that point where he was a slave trader is a different journey and and a darker journey as well He ends up in the Navy uh, Kind of forced into the Navy when he went to go visit some friends and he hates it and he tries to get out of it He tries to flee and he's caught uh, and he's flogged eight dozen lashes in front of the entire crew and demoted. Uh, he was so disgraced that he said that he contemplated killing the captain and committing suicide afterwards. Uh,
1: shortly after this, he gets sent to work on a slave ship, but him and the crew do not get along. So he actually gets dropped off in Africa and is forced to work for the old captain's wife of this uh, slave ship. And he is he's abused and mistreated, and it, he, he stays there until a vessel shows up from his father who had been looking for him, wondering what had happened to
2: him, and they basically rescue him out of that situation. The boat that he is returning on gets caught in this huge storm, and the boat nearly sinks. He cries out to God and has this real change in heart towards God. From that point on, he begins to reading his Bible. He swears off profanity and and gambling. There's a a real sign of, of change in his life now he would still stay in the slave
1: trade for years after this and even though it seemed that he had more sympathy for the slaves due to what had happened to him uh, he did not leave until 1764 when he suffered a stroke and when he recovered from that he did everything he could to enter ministry it took years for him to become a priest and he'd actually not been really picky about who would accept him he had applied to presbyterians methodists independents and anglicans he just really wanted to be in ministry
2: People enjoyed his preaching so much that he slowly began to grow from a small church in London. He became quite famous among evangelicals, and they had quite the effect on Londoners. By 1788, he wrote a pamphlet that publicly condemned the evils of the slave trade that he was once a part of. At that point, William Wilberforce came to him kind of looking for guidance in his life, Wilberforce relied on Newton's advice for how to relate with God and and how to fight the injustice in life. Uh, it was John Newton who told him to stay in Parliament and fight slavery from where he was, and and uh, Wilberforce was a, a key part in helping directly abolish the slave trade. In
1: 1773, John Newton is preaching a New Year sermon over First Chronicle 17 and at the end of the sermon, he releases a, a new hymn that he had written, and in this hymn and in the sermon, he's trying to reflect what he sees in First Chronicles 17, and the hymn is Amazing Grace. But he sees inside this passage, David looking back at where he came from. He sees David looking around at where he is now, and he sees David looking forward to where he'll be headed next, and uh, he tries to reflect that through the sermon and in the psalm.
0: And David the king came and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me here? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O God, for you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come and have regarded me according to the estate of a man of high degree. O Lord God. 1 Chronicles 17, 16 The Lord gives many blessings upon his people, but unless he likewise gives them a thankful heart, they lose much of the comfort they might have in them. When David was peacefully settled in the kingdom, he purposed to express his gratitude by building a place for the ark. This honor the Lord had appointed for his son Solomon, but graciously accepted David's intention. For he not only notices the poor services of his people, but even their desires to serve him, when they spring from a principle of simple love. Even if the timing wasn't right, he sent a message by Nathan assuring him that his son should build the house, and that he himself would build David's house and establish his kingdom. This filled his heart with praise. My scripture is part of this acknowledgment by David. Omitting David's personal concerns, I would borrow them for our own use as a proper subject for thinking through the entrance of a new year. They lead us to remember past mercies and future hopes and ponder the frame of mind which becomes us when we contemplate what the Lord has done for us. First. Who am I? The frame of mind we should have, humility and admiration. Who am I? Who am I really? This question should always be upon our minds. Who am I? What was I when the Lord began to manifest his purposes of love? This was often told to Israel. You will remember, look back at the pit from which you were taken. Lord, what is man? At the time we were miserable, shut up under the law and unbelief. What would have happened had the Lord left us there? After a few years spent in vanity, we would have sunk to rise no more. Rebellious, blinded by the God of this world, We had not so much a desire of deliverance. Instead of desiring the Lord's help, we breathed a spirit of defiance against him. His mercy came to us not only undeserved, but undesired. All but a few of us resisted his calls, and when he knocked at the door of our hearts, we endeavored to shut him out till he overcame us by the power of his grace." See who we really are. As it says in Titus 3.3, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Undeserving, it was the Lord against whom we sinned and who showed his mercy. He didn't have to. What a just cause to admire God that he should appoint such salvation in such a way in favor of such helpless, worthless creatures. Here, let us look back. Before conversion, his providential care preserving us from a thousand seen threats and millions of unseen dangers when we knew him not. His secret guidance leading us by a way which had no idea till his time of love came at conversion, the means by which he worked on us, supports in the time of conviction, and the never-to-be-forgotten hour when he enabled us to hope in his mercy, since we first were enabled to give up our names to him. Mercy and goodness followed us. In life, he has led us and fed us. Many have fallen when we have been preserved, or if afflicted, We found him a present help in trouble. Some may say with my staff, I passed over this Jordan. In spirituals, preserving us from wasting sins, from gross errors, or restoring and healing, maintaining his hold in our hearts, not including so much opposition, so much temptations and provocations. The comforts we have had in secret and public worship The seasonable and undoubted answers to prayer, grace to any dear to us, peace in our families, his blessing with us, a church and a people. You have spoken about the future. Are these small things? Yes, compared to what follows. He has spoken for a long time to come, all the way to eternity. Present mercies are but taste of his love present comforts, but fractions of the joy to which we are moving towards. Oh, that crown, that kingdom, that eternal weight of glory. We are traveling home to God. We shall soon see Jesus and never complain of sin, sorrow, temptation, or desertion any more. He has dealt with us according to the estate of a man of high degree. He found us upon the dunghill, and has made us companions of princes, in a wilderness, and has led us to the city of God. From here, think about love, gratitude, obedience, Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Trust and confidence. Mark seven thirty-seven. We have good reason to cast our cares upon him and to be satisfied with his appointments. He has done all things well. Patience. Yet a little while, and we shall be at home. Romans thirteen eleven says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. We are spared for now, but some, I fear, are strangers to the promises. You are entering a new year. It may be your last. You are at present barren trees in the vineyard. Oh, fear that the sentence may go forth. Cut it down. He
1: talks about eternity at the end of the sermon, looking forward to the future hope that we have remembering that right now what we're enjoying the good things of this life are just a taste of what is to come i love remembering that and being reminded of that so often i get focused on the here and now and the things that are happening to me and i don't remember that this is just small eternity is so much bigger than that And if i could keep my focus forward as david did i think that my life would reflect god better that way
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Revive Thoughts. Today's sermon was narrated by Mark Andrews. If you enjoyed this episode on John Newton, please visit our website at revivethoughts.com. There you can find the transcript of this episode and all of our episodes here at Revive Thoughts. If you enjoyed this
1: episode of Revive Thoughts, be sure to share it with some friends and let other people know what we are doing here. You can do that by talking to them in person, sending them a message, or going online. And while you're online, maybe you can follow us at facebook instagram twitter and see the other things that we release throughout the week between the episodes this is troy and jill and this is revive thoughts this episode is brought to you by the in between podcast a podcast about marriage parenting faith and everything in between
2: on the in between podcast you will hear how to raise children that change the world
1: ideas to keep the romance alive with your spouse
2: how to not hate your in-laws.
1: Ways to save money for your next vacation.
2: And how to use the Enneagram in your relationships.
1: Join us, Daniel.
2: And Christina M,
1: As we give you the tools to learn how to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family.
2: For more information, go to imbetween.org. That's imbetween.org.